0: Welcome to Just Thinking, with hosts Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker, bringing you week to week cultural apologetics as well as social issues from a biblical worldview. This is Just Thinking. Let's think. We're back, another edition of the Just Thinking podcast. I am Virgil Walker,
1: and I am Daryl Harrison.
0: What up, Omaha? What's, What's going, going on? on? What's going on, my man? Look, man, you got so you got people. Call, that's my call sign now. You see, the Omaha or Wingman. <laughs> I got I got people reaching out to me and, uh, you know, inboxing me, kind of messaging me. And, uh, you know, it's, it's Omaha. It's Omaha, you know. Yeah, like, man. Oh. It's,
1: it's like Peyton Manning used to do, man, when it was great. Yeah. Yes. that horrible He'd go like, Omaha, Omaha.
0: Yes. Yes. yes, Yeah,
1: I think that's pretty cool, man, that the yeah, Omaha's yeah, yeah. kind of sticking with folks because... Um, it tells me two things. They kind of like the call sign, man. They kind right. of like the little nickname, right? And uh, that that shows that they're listening to the podcast. Absolutely, man. it does. Absolutely, it does,
0: man. And I'm glad that they're they're doing it. That they're finding some, you know, some great content, man. I I each week, brother, it's a joy to to get with you and to see, you know, I know what you send me in the way of an article, and uh, man, I'm always, you know, e- e- even as as the wingman. I'm always impressed by where you take it, what we end up talking about, uh, where we end up landing and 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 absolutely what the scriptures have to say about it. So uh, again, we're gonna tee up another great one for tonight.
1: Absolutely, man. Let's hope so. And again, we want to say thank you to all of our listeners. Uh we wouldn't be doing this if uh mm. you guys weren't encouraging us with your prayers and your support, your email, your feedback to us on social media. So please know that with every episode that we uh record and uh produce and publish. Uh, hopefully you find them edifying mm-hmm. and uh just continue to pray and encourage us uh because we don't take that for granted so uh so yeah so we're back at it another episode of the just thinking podcast and verse this
0: is this is a landmark one isn't it is, is, this a, yeah, is this it's this
1: kind of it's kind of a landmark <laughs> one um, you know i don't know i don't know what the what the uh, you know, I'm not a numerologist or anything like that, so right, we're not right, right. there with that. But right. I'm just saying, you know, we don't want we don't. Hey, we don't. We're not going down that rabbit hole. No, 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 no. Yeah. So, so this episode marks our thirtieth episode.
0: Wow, bro,
1: of the Just Thinking Podcast, thirty
0: already. We're thirty, we're 30 deep already. But it feels like we just got. In some ways, feels like we've just gotten started. In other ways, feels like we've been at it for a long time. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And I think when you think back on the fact that you and I. Have never met. We've right. never met in person. Mm-hmm. uh I think you know how the Lord just brought us together. And again, props to Dwayne for yeah. coming up with this idea. And he's and, the
0: mastermind. He's the yeah, mastermind.
1: Yeah. He, he's 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 the uh, he, he's he's the brains behind all yeah. this, man. You, you kind of yeah. get that sort of Doctor Evil. You know, you're in the in the lab with the <laughs> with the lab coat on and stuff. Right, you know? right. The, the brain is always turned, the churning. You know, the wheels yeah. are always turning. Yeah, uh, so it was Dwayne's idea, man, to bring us together for this. Yeah,
0: he, and, he's he's, uh, he's behind the scenes thinking, okay, I'm gonna sprinkle a little bit of this with a little bit of that dude over there. Mm-hmm. Let's mix them in a pot, and I mm-hmm. think that would work. Mm-hmm. I re- I remember right after he uh, he had the interview with you, and before the interview went live, I want to say that he hit me up uh, either text or inbox or something. I know he just said, "Hey, have you have you heard about this this guy Dale Bernard Harrison?" And he's like. Y'all, y'all sound similar. You think alike, man, y'all need to get together. And I was like, dude, I can't wait for the podcast to come out when you and he kind of got, got things rolling. Mm-hmm. And uh, then when I heard you, I was like, man, if I, if I sound like this brother, I'm doing all right. You know? So
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, you're too kind. You're too kind. Absolutely. But yeah. So, so I appreciate that verse. Yeah. But so this is episode 30 mm-hmm. and uh, Lord willing, we'll do many, many more of these. And uh, I gotta tell you, man, I'm just, I'm just, Really excited about this episode for two reasons. Number yeah. one, it's not about social justice. Yeah, I mean, yeah. i have about, I'm about you, had it up to here. Are you that. social justice out? I'm social justice fatigue. Yeah. I think, uh, I think there may be uh, if there's not a uh, official medical condition on that one, <laughs> uh, I might have to invent one, right? Uh, because I'm about, uh, I'm a, you know, I, I've about had it up to here. Yeah,
0: I'm
1: with uh, you. J- Just imagine me putting my Uh, my hand up to my, underneath my chin. Uh, so I'm thankful for that number one. And then number two, here we have another topic that I think really goes to the essence of who we profess to be as Christians. Amen. Uh, That's good. And and that is the subject of evangelism. And as it relates to more specifically our personal role individually, in sharing our faith with others. So, yeah. you want to add anything to that intro verse? I'm, I'm, I'm just nah, you, man. I'm more, I'm more excited for you yeah. talking about this. Than I am for me. So so what do you want to say man to start well, us out?
0: A couple of things man. When you when you sent you sent me this article, I was I was incredibly excited about about the topic for the for some of the same reasons you were, but again, I'm I I'm the wingman. So if man if you if you decided, you know what, man, I'm just feeling the you you have a very good kind of finger on the pulse of of culture. And so if you said, "Hey, we're going to go social justice," we'd have gone there. Uh, when you kind of kind of took a right turn and went to evangelism, I thought, "Man, we this is this is one a one of my favorite topics. I love to love to get out and and share uh, my faith. I love to talk about it. I teach it. I you know so I'm I'm really I was really excited uh, about this topic. But as as per usual, knowing knowing you the way I do, I, my thought was this is not going to be a face value kind of kind of look at uh, at evangelism. This will be mm-hmm. something that I know Daryl is going to going to dig into, unpack and and challenge us us all. And so I'm I'm excited about tonight's topic, Excited to see uh where God leads you with regard to this. And uh and at the same time, man, uh just, just making sure that we put the the emphasis on what's most important, which is right. gospel proclamation. So
1: exactly right. Exactly right, brother. I really appreciate how you frame that because that goes back to my comment that what we're gonna talk about in this episode is fundamental to our identity as Christians. Uh, And I don't use that word identity. I know that's a word that's kind of being tossed around rather loosely. But when I use the word identity, I'm talking about the many facets, the many uh, dimensions, if you will, that are inculcated into our profession of faith in Christ. And this is one of them, uh, sharing our faith with others. So let's go ahead and dig into this, man. So what I did, I sent you... Uh, a link to a uh, a study that had been uh, more of a follow-up study that right. been conducted by the Barna Group. Uh, right. Folks may or may not be familiar with Barna, but you can get to their site at barna.com. That's B-A-R-N-A dot com. And Barna is uh, well, uh, they're I don't want to say renowned, but they're very well known among Christian circles as the, preeminent premier uh, research body as it relates to delving into Christian specific or Christocentric data and how Christians uh, are engaging uh, the culture and things of that nature. Uh, So you, again, you can get to Barna at barna.com and uh, Barna describes themselves Uh, This this is on their about page on their website. It said the Barna Group provides spiritual influencers with credible knowledge and clear thinking, enabling them to navigate a complex and changing culture. All right. And I think what we're going to talk about tonight with respect to this follow up study that they did kind of aligns right with what their mission statement uh, is. So this study, they entitled it Sharing Faith Increasingly Optional for Christians. Mm hmm. Sharing faith is increasingly optional for Christians, and they sort of tee up, they introduce the study with this paragraph. They ask, when was the last time you had a conversation about God? For most people, the unfortunate and surprising answer to that question is not very often. Spiritual conversations are exceedingly rare for most Americans and even for Christians who are at best reluctant to have them. So that's sort of the springboard into the mm-hmm. study that we're going to talk about tonight. Again, it's titled Sharing Faith Increasingly Optional mm-hmm. for Christians. So uh there are many poll questions within the survey itself. However, yeah. the main two there are two main questions that sort of waterfall into a subset of other questions. And what mm-hmm. I want to focus on in this episode and our conversation, Verge, is the two primary questions that they pose in this survey. Okay, yeah. so poll question number one reads as this. It says converting people to... Now, these these are the questions that they were asking the survey p- participants to respond to. Poll question right. one, converting people to Christianity is the job of the local church.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Converting people to Christianity is the job of the local church. That was poll question number one. Poll question number two, every Christian has responsibility to share their faith.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Every Christian has responsibility to share their faith.
0: Yeah, and and it seems it seems as you look at this, they they to the point you made. This is more of a more of a follow up from a study that they did in 1993. Yeah, and um, they they did kind of the initial run of the study and took, um, you know, the, the the ideas, asked the questions, got the information. I remember I, I, for for quite some time, I remember using and quoting some of the statistics from. That particular study to people in my uh, evangelism class, we kind of walk through how how few people actually over the course of a 12 month period actually have a conversation uh, about about their faith, and uh, and kind of walking through. And I and I, and I know you're going to get in some interesting questions even about that question, and um, and we'll we'll walk through that here in a bit. But this indeed is 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 a follow up, and so they're they're looking at the difference with those two questions and what they had, the way in which people answered in 93, and then how they're answering 25 years later here in 2018.
1: Yeah, exactly right, Verge, and I appreciate you kind of setting some context for what we're going to talk about tonight, because again, this is a follow-up study to an original survey that they did 25 years ago, back in 1993, and what's cool about this is that the study results, I think, leave uh, the door open for you and I to talk about maybe some reasons why these numbers are reflecting what they are. So, again, we mentioned the two primary poll questions. Converting people to Christianity is the job of the local church. And then every Christian has a responsibility to share their faith. Now, at the outset, before we delve into the results of the poll, I think this poll... This, this study presents us with at least three questions mm. that I think are germane to this conversation, but that the poll itself does not answer. And right. this is what I meant by the poll leaving the door open for us to sort of delve in, maybe have some discourse around some reasons why we think the numbers are what they are. And we'll get into the numbers here in just a second. But I think this poll in the way the questions are phrased present three other questions that I think bear, Uh, discussion. Question number one, what is Christianity? Mm -hmm. Now I asked that question because poll question number one reads converting people to Christianity is the job of the local church. So these three questions that I'm going to pose right now, use the language of the survey. Okay. So I'm using the actual survey verbiage in sort of positing three additional questions that I think are worthy of conversation. So question number one, what is Christianity? Is it a religion? Is it a worldview? Is Mm -hmm. it both? Mm -hmm. Secondarily, what is a Christian? Okay. Now I asked that question because poll poll question number two was every Christian has a responsibility to share their faith. Okay. So what is Christian? What is a Christian? What does that word Christian mean? Okay. And then thirdly, What is meant by the phrase, their faith? What is meant by the phrase, their phrase, their Mm -hmm. faith? So at the latter Mm -hmm. part of question number two, every Christian has responsibility to share their faith. What does that phrase, their faith mean? So what is Christianity? So uh, like we do every week, Verge, we open the word of God to see what the word of God has to say Mm -hmm. about the topic we're we're discussing. So I want to look at first Corinthians 15 uh, verses 1 through 4. So we're looking at what is Christianity, okay? Is it a religion? Is it a worldview? Is it both? Is it, is it neither? Is it something else? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's interesting here in looking at that question, what is Christianity? I think Paul gives us a great definition of that. He says in 1 Corinthians 15, I'm going to read verses 1 through 4, and I'm reading from the NESB. It says, Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received in which you also stand by which also you are saved. If you hold fast, the word, which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain, verse three, for I delivered to you as a first importance, right? verse, First importance. Random We're talking importance. about this episode, right? We already talked about how we are talking about to, in this episode, what is fundamental to our calling, to our profession as Christians, And Paul sort of underscores that in verse 3 of 1 Corinthians 15. He says, I for delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. So the question, what is Christianity? Well, Christianity is the gospel. Mm -hmm. Christianity is the gospel. And we're going to delve deeper into that as we continue to talk about this question number two, what is a Christian? What does that word mean? Uh, So as I pondered that question myself, I came across Acts chapter 11 verses 25 and 26. This is the chapter where the word Christian is first used in the new Testament.
2: Mm, That's good.
1: Okay. So again, I think we need to, if we're going to sort of uh, unpack this Barna study, I think it's important for us to look at what the gospel says about these uh, survey results, but use the language of the survey to put it in some context. Okay, so what is a Christian? Acts chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. And he, that is Barnabas, left for Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. And for an entire year, they met with the church and taught considerable numbers. And their disciples, that is, the members of the church at Antioch, this is not talking about the 12 disciples. This is the disciples of the church in Antioch. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Okay. So it's Acts chapter 11, verse 26 is where we first see the word, the term Christian in the entirety of the new Testament. So a Christian, according to this text that we just read is a disciple of Jesus Christ. So the question then becomes, well, what is a disciple? Well, a disciple by definition is someone who is a learner, a follower, and an adherer to the teachings of someone else. Okay. So every believer in Christ is a disciple of Christ. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So we've tackled the first two questions. What is Christianity? What is a Christian? Now, here's the question that I think is really key to what we want to talk about with respect to the Barna study. What is meant when Barna says frames a poll question, every Christian has responsibility to share their faith. what is meant by their faith?
0: There's a lot of assumptive language there.
1: exactly right that that phrase those, those two words, man, oh my gosh, those, those those are some really dangerous words when you really think about it. so we have to put context to those words because that personal pronoun there. Is what makes the question so dangerous uh I, i'd
0: with, even i'd even go further daryl to say that if the if the, you just teed up the previous two questions and you answered them biblically that if we don't have a biblical answer for the first two questions the third one's irrelevant
1: exactly right bro exactly right man excellent point excellent point so let's talk about that this is really going to take us to where we want to go tonight i think <clears throat> So what is meant by their faith? When Barna asked that question, every Christian has responsibility to share their faith. Now it's been said, that a Christian should preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. You oh, heard that right,
0: man. Man, <laughs> that, I know, uh, right.
1: Uh. Preach the gospel <laughs> at all times, and if necessary, use words. Now, it, it's it's a,
0: it's a quote that's attributed to Francis of right. Assisi. Right. Right. That's the yeah, yeah yeah.
1: So that quote's attributed. It's been attributed to Saint Francis of Assisi. But there is some evidence out there to support that that's not the case, that that he did did not say that. Right. Nevertheless, though, regardless who originally made the statement, the reality is the gospel is a message that is inherently verbal, Mm -hmm. It's inherently verbal. Listen to what Paul says in Ephesians 1.13. Paul says in him that is in Christ after listening to the message of truth. After listening, he says, to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. Paul says that the gospel is a message that you first listened to. Right. So when someone says preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. Well, it's necessary to first and foremost use words. Okay. I point that out because the evangel that is the gospel is a message that is inherently verbal because the word gospel appears in the New Testament more than 90 times. Mm -hmm. And more than half of those times that word gospel is accompanied by words like preached, proclaimed, spoke and speak. So the gospel isn't merely words written on pages that we call the Bible. The gospel is literally the verbum Dei. It is literally the spoken word of God. Okay. So this is why Paul says in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God breathed. It is God spoken. Okay. Even you and I, what do we do? We speak our words using our breath without Mm -hmm. breath, We can't speak. So it is a misnomer. I mean, it sounds pretty cool, especially for those who emphasize relational evangelism. And uh, uh, even more so, especially given the the sort of uh, universal brotherhood of man, some sort of milieu that we live in today to preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. That sounds pretty cool. But it's unbiblical. It
0: has no it has no
1: biblical basis. It has no biblical basis whatsoever. Mm-mm. Okay, um, John Frame in his uh, in his book The Doctrine of God said this. Frame says that the evangel evangelistic work of the early church was the work of God, but it was also the product of human preaching. Human preachers must seek nothing less than the salvation of the lost recognizing all the time that no one will be saved unless God works through them. Okay. So the word of God, the gospel is a gospel that is meant to be preached. It is meant to be proclaimed. Now in saying that, I don't want anyone who's listening to this to think that that proclamation is reserved for pastors preach. Okay. The Great Commission in Matthew 28 applies to the new Christian as well as the senior Christian who's got three or four seminary degrees. Mm -hmm. We're all equal with respect to that commission in Matthew 28. So I don't want anyone to think that the proclamation of the word of God in our words, using our words, is reserved for a special educated few or a special or certain few who happen to occupy a certain ecclesiastical office. Okay. It's not reserved for that group. It goes for you as well. But when you consider frames statement up against the backdrop of the results of this Barna study, Mm -hmm. I have to ask this question though, Verge: are we really preaching the gospel? Are we really preaching the gospel? Are we proclaiming the gospel? I I hear I hear a
0: lot of folks. I was listening today to a number of different pastors, kind of through the weekend. There's um, you know, I I, I get a chance, man, just to kind of you and I talked about this last time. Uh, oftentimes, man, we'll listen to some of the false teachers and see kind of what they're what they're talking about, what they're teaching, what they're preaching, and uh, it just in an effort to keep keep your finger on the pulse of of what what they're doing and saying so that when you when you when you encounter some of their followers, you kind of know where, you know, where they're getting some of their ideas from, mm-hmm. from you know, mm-hmm. and and more and more what I hear and I know you do as well is, is the gospel of personal purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's the gospel of my personal destiny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, purpose, it's,
1: it's, purpose, and destiny are their buzzwords, man. I mean, they love using those
0: terms. Absolutely, absolutely. And so that's that's what you hear more of. If you want to, if you want to fulfill destiny, if you want to fulfill purpose, if you want, you know, if you, if you want to achieve all that God has for you, you know, it, it's never about a, a sacrificial life that that is that is for the display of God's glory.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, it's always about my personal purpose mm-hmm. or my pr- that. That's what you hear more times mm-hmm. than not.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And listen, I can bear that out by something I saw on television today. Uh, there was a brother in the pulpit in a church in Detroit. This was on the Impact Network channel 380. If you have Directv, mm-hmm. uh, that series of religious channels in the in I, I'll tell you, it's it's just some of the most heretical. Mm-hmm. Teachings that you can never flip on the TV to see. Well, I heard this brother, I saw this brother say to his congregation today, he had them doing the hokey pokey verge. He told, he told them that, okay, he had everybody stand up. And he said, now on the count of three, I'm going to have all y'all turn around. And when you turn around, God's going to shift your situation. Oh my God. God's going to change your destiny.
0: Help us all.
1: That's so, I mean. He had him doing the hokey pokey. You know what the hokey pokey is right? <laughs> do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. That's what it's no, all about. No, the Holy Spirit, hokey pokey. Holy Spirit, hokey pokey. Mm-mm. And they did it. The entire congregation yielded to this nonsense. He counted down from three. And they all turned around. And they all started shouting. Wow. As if something had actually happened. Wow. But I'm glad you brought the false teachers because going back to My earlier comment about the Barna Barna study leaving us an open door to discuss some of the reasons why we think that's the case, that uh, Christians are viewing evangelism as increasingly optional for them. Uh, I think false teaching has a lot to do with that. Uh, And the reason I ask the question or make the statement uh, and put it out there for your consideration, Virgin, the consideration of our listeners. Are we really mm-hmm. preaching the gospel? I think one of the reasons is we don't know what the gospel is. Right. Absolutely. We really don't know what the gospel is. You you ask 10 Christians, you probably get 10, all 10 of them, uh, maybe nine of 10 will say, well, the, the gospel is the good news. Yep. I mean, that, that's pretty, you'll get the canned answer. Okay. Yep. You'll get the canned answer. But uh, when you delve into what the scripture says about itself, what the gospel says about itself, it's really interesting. One uh, text I looked at today in preparing for this episode was Galatians three eight. You get Galatians chapter three verse eight. You find that the gospel is not a New Testament phenomenon. Okay, Galatians three eight. Paul writes this. He says the scripture that is the Old Testament. He's referring to the Old Testament there. Mm-hmm. The scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham (laughs) saying all the nations will be blessed in you. Mm -hmm. So what do we see here? We see Paul referring to the old Testament as what the gospel. He's referring to the old Testament scriptures as the gospel.
0: Absolutely. And that 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 was the that was the manner in which the gospel was proclaimed. I mean, you think about you think about Acts chapter six and seven, where where Stephen lays out his case uh, for 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 who Jesus is, what he came to do, the significance of his life, death, burial and resurrection. And all that he used during that speech in front of the Sanhedrin was Old Testament.
1: Right. That was all Old Testament. But see, what's interesting here about Galatians three, eight, I think in 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 Christians considering what is the gospel, they automatically default to the gospel being the New Testament.
0: Right, you're, you're spot on.
1: They don't consider the entirety of Scripture as the right. gospel as Paul does here. Right, Paul says the gospel was preached to Abraham.
2: Mm.
1: It was preached to Abraham. Said so the gospel was preached beforehand. So here he is applying what we consider primarily to be a new Testament noun to the old Testament. Yeah. So again, the gospel doesn't begin with the book of Matthew and end with the book of revelation. Mm-hmm. When you look at what Paul says in Galatians three, eight, the gospel begins with the book of Genesis, mm. which is why I personally, verse you may disagree and that's fine, but I, per- I personally happen to subscribe to the hermeneutical school that the gospel is Christocentric and not just Christotelic. That's good. Yes. The the whole of scripture points to Christ. Absolutely. Not just the new Testament. Yes. So the gospel is all of the Bible. So I'm I'm spending time on this because I have a real burden and I'm sure you share this verge Mm. that we Christians, one reason we don't evangelize using whatever gifts God has given us one reason we don't do that is because we don't understand what the gospel is. Right. And the gospel is not just the New Testament. It's not mm-hmm. just Matthew, the revelation It's mm-hmm. Genesis, the revelation that is the gospel. So the Barnes survey points out that in 1993, 89% of Christians who had shared their faith agreed that it is their responsibility, that it is the responsibility of every Christian to share their faith. 89%. I'm going to go ahead and round that up to 90.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So let's call it 90%. 90% of Christians who shared their faith agreed that it is it is the personal responsibility of every Christian to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, today, in 2018, according to the Barna survey, that percentage is down to 64%. Mm-hmm. 25% drop. 89 to to 64. Yep. Now, before we delve further into the results of the Barna survey, I think it behooves us to point out that the question, the question number one of the poll is inherently flawed in its wording. Okay. So we looked at question number one, converting people to Christianity is the job of the local church. Mm -hmm. Now I believe the wording of that question is inherently flawed. Mm -hmm. And I say that because Christians, neither individually or corporately as the church, do not convert people to Christianity. We don't convert people to Christianity. That is to Christ. We don't convert anyone. But the poll question asks, is it the responsibility of the local church to convert people to Christianity? (laughs) That's that's, that's flawed wording. Mm -hmm. No one converts anyone to Christ. Christ converts unbelievers to Christ amen okay so when you look at a poll question like that you, you you have to read between the lines I'm not suggesting that Barna has an agenda no don't just take the question on his face look at the wording of the question look at what words they're using mm-hmm. uh, but when you look at uh, the question the way it's asked converting people to Christianity no no one does that No one does that. Paul in 1 Corinthians 1.30, man, this is one of my favorite texts. Paul says, he makes that clear that we don't convert anyone. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1.30, but by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus. Amen. By God's doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Paul Mm -hmm. says by God's doing, you are in Christ so that's why I suggest that the poll question number one is inherently flawed, converting people to Christianity. No one converts anyone to Christ. As, mm-hmm. as God has sovereignly and providentially ordained anyone to believe in him, he does the converting. Right. He converts the heart. Um, I like what John Calvin said. John Calvin said this in his Institutes of the Christian Religion on this. He says, no one should think that the flesh has been truly mortified unless all that we have of our own is wiped out and destroyed. Mm. Since, however, all the thoughts and feelings of our nature are hostile toward God and opposed to his righteousness. As a first step to obeying the law, we must deny our nature and the whole of our will. That happens when the spirit of God transforms our souls by filling them with his holiness. And when he directs them toward new thoughts, and feelings so Mm. that they may be said to be different than what they were before.
0: Amen. Amen.
1: So Calvin underscores Paul's words in first Corinthians 1:30 that it's God's doing that brings us into Christ. Calvin says that this transformation happens when the spirit of God transforms our souls. Mm. We don't transform anyone. We don't convert anyone. The gospel is the power of God, not the power of Daryl or the power of Virgil. Right. It's the power of God. Okay. Um, Miller J. Erickson and Virgil, you may have had this as one of your uh, mm-hmm. textbooks in seminary. Yep. It's in fact, it's in my theology, right? It's,
0: it's, in my, it's in my library for sure.
1: Yeah. Erickson says this. He says, conversion is the humans turning to God.
2: Mm-hmm. It
1: consists of a negative and a positive element. Repentance, that is, abandonment of sin, and faith, that is, acceptance of the promises and the work of Christ. Mm -hmm. Regeneration is the miraculous transformation of the individual and implantation of spiritual energy. Clearly, regeneration is a supernatural occurrence, and the Holy Spirit is the agent who produces it. Okay? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: The Holy Spirit is the agent who produces it.
2: All right. Mm -hmm. So
1: again, the poll question is inherently flawed because it suggests that as we evangelize or that in our evangelization, it is our evangelistic efforts that lead to the conversion of a heart toward Christ. And Mm -hmm. that's not the case. That's not the case at all. You
0: you want to add anything on that verse? I, I I totally totally agree with you with regard to. that. I think it's flawed. It's interesting though. I wonder, Daryl, just based upon the people who who took the poll, and I think that at the at the very end of the study, it kind of walks walks you through kind of the numbers and the breakdown. I, I I wonder how many of the of the participants actually understood their their soteriology well exactly. enough. Exactly. to even to even to even know i mean if if you're in if you're involved in any type of evangelism on a consistent basis then you already know that the, what what you just shared is is like is like 101 mm-hmm. from, from the standpoint of our the clarity of our understanding if i if i had control over converting someone mm-hmm. it, it would happen every time right it, it would happen every time right the, the reality is when you're engaged in evangelism you 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 recognize your lack of ability, and that all you're doing as you participate in a, in an evangelistic outreach, uh, in, in evangelism, one-on-one, whatever that looks like for you, you're, you're trying to identify, is God moving on the heart of the individual mm-hmm. in such a way that my gospel proclamation, it, the Holy Spirit is able to capture you and stir their heart to move closer toward him? Amen.
1: Amen. That's essentially it. That's see, it. That's why I was so excited about talking this over with you Verge, because I think the church there is a dearth of and I don't don't say this in a derogatory or demeaning way but there is a dearth of shall we say uh, uh, gospel knowledge there is a depth of ignorance about the gospel within the Mm. church Mm. that we have got to remedy we have yeah. got to remedy. I had a brother on uh, Twitter comment to me about a week and a half ago. He listened to the podcast and uh, he commented that, you know, man, you and Verge use these big theological words that I can't understand. Mm. Uh, you know, and understanding where he was coming from, you know, I replied back to him in love, in the spirit of Ephesians 4.15 I responded back to the brother that I, I would suggest he go find out what the terms mean. Mm. Mm-hmm. Go find out what they mean. Mm-hmm. Don't avoid the terms because you Absolutely. think they're so big. Don't don't be, don't avoid the terms because they're multisyllabic. Mm-hmm. go and find what they mean. Amen. And I think that's one way that we can develop a deeper understanding of what the gospel is and as we evangelize we can speak more intelligently about it other than simply saying well the gospel is the good news right
0: right that that's about the unfortunately that's about the lack of depth that that you that you encounter uh with with regard to to the answer to that particular question i I know i know our our time is kind of closing darrell but i I wanted to i wanted to hear from you because i know i've got a number of thoughts about what's creating um this kind of thing and and what's happening and i know you, you you want to uh as well attack the the second part of the question but but i just definitely before before we wrap tonight want to want to make sure we get to that either that or we're gonna have to we're gonna have to have part two to this yeah we might
1: have to have a part two on this one man i mean it's yeah. our show so let's do a part two
0: man let's do it let's do it
1: um go ahead you want you
0: were you yeah, going to say I, something first go I, ahead. yeah i was just going to i was just going to add i know i know you you kind of touched on it. every christian has responsibility to share their faith and where where you were landing with that uh was um, you know was was curious to me cuz i don't know and and we've touched on it some in that most don't know the gospel right right and and if they're unable to articulate with any effectiveness what the gospel is Daryl, right. I, I i teach a i teach in evangelism training class, uh, at at my church, I've taught a number of, of, and we use a, you know, a variety of different methods and different. I want them to have a number of different tools in the tool belt so that at any, at any time, whether they're using a a Romans road, uh, presentation or, or something from old school gospel explosion or a good person test or, or three circle presentation, like a T for T training kind of environment, whatever they're doing, they're able to present the gospel articulately, but we lead off with everything that you that you shared from 1 Corinthians 15 1 through3 you know, 1, mm-hmm. 1, one through four and, 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 and I stop there and I, and I repeat this over and over and over again. I tell them that the gospel is the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. Mm-hmm. And, and and I use I use it all from 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 first Corinthians 15, you know, one through four. The gospel is a life, death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sin. Now, if mm-hmm. you take if you take that truth back to what you just shared earlier with the with the quote from 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 well, misquoted from Francis Azizi, it's attributed right. mm-hmm. incorrectly and heir to him. I don't know how you how you express that without using words. Right. There's there's absolutely no way to express right. the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness right. of sin without using words.
1: If if I follow the model of that statement that's attributed wrongly to to Assisi, if I follow that model, what's to distinguish me from a good Buddhist? That's good. Or a good Hindu, or a good Muslim, because or a good atheist, have, or a good atheist. Excellent point. Or a good atheist. You know, if you take out the preaching, the verbum day. if you take out the preaching of the word of God, the verbal expression of the word of God, all you're left with is moral, moralism,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which is what all those other religions are based on. Absolutely. Being good, yep, doing right. Okay. Being good and doing right. But see, I see three dangers as it relates to. Here, here's what I think about the second question first. Uh, that's the responsibility of every person to share their faith. Mm-hmm. Again, you may disagree. That's fine. But I don't, I think it's dangerous for us to personalize the gospel. Mm, come, Man, come on. You cannot personalize the gospel. The no. gospel is the objective truth of God. Yes. It is the same for everybody. Yes. So a question that asks, It's the responsibility of every Christian to share their, see that pronoun there Mm -hmm. is dangerous. That's why I said earlier, that's a dangerous pronoun to put in a question like that. It is. The question should be, is it the responsibility of every Christian to share the faith?
0: Faith, absolutely. (laughs) Now we are are in absolute agreement. In fact, I try to tell people, because often if people don't have the fact that the gospel is a life, death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sin, what they think the gospel is, is their personal testimony.
1: Right. Exactly right. And let's listen on that note. It's like you're reading my notes here, man. On that <laughs> note, let me read something that, uh, that, that I caught today from Ligonier, mm-hmm. on the Ligonier website I'm talking about personal testimony, right? Ligonier says this, it says the distinction between witnessing, And evangelism is important because it is easy to think we are evangelizing when we are doing, when what we are doing is bearing witness to the Savior. Mm -hmm. It says, giving one's testimony is a good thing, but it is not evangelism. Absolutely. Testifying to the work of God in our lives bears witness to what Christ has done for us. Mm -hmm. It does not by itself give the content of the gospel.
0: No, it does not.
1: Living a righteous life manifests the work of the Holy Spirit but we have not evangelized our neighbor if we have never shared the gospel with him. Mm. No one is converted by our kindness or honesty. They are brought into the kingdom of heaven only through the re- only through repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. So what you said verse led directly into what Ligonier is saying here. Yeah. There's a distinction between witnessing and evangelizing, okay,
2: mm-hmm. absolutely.
1: There's a distinction, and I love what ligonier said here. It says, "Testifying to the work of God in our lives bears witness to re- what Christ has done for us, but it does not by itself give the content of the gospel." It does How many? How many Christians out there think that their personal testimony is the gospel?
0: Right. There's a lot of them that do. The any 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 one of them that are are at least bold enough to share something will share uh what god did for me and and i tell people in my evangelism classes your personal testimony is nice but it is not the power of god unto salvation right scripture is clear that the gospel is the power of god unto salvation your testimony may have may have some and it depends on on what what it is you're actually sharing because we got to know what that is first but it, it may it may display or express the fruit of gospel impact in your life. Let's right. l- let's hope it at least is let's hope that y- you've got a story that at least is doing that. But the reality is it, it's not that your your story's not the gospel. And when people think that their story is the gospel, th- that that's why they're they're always concerned about well, if I'm not living right, I can't say right. nothing.
1: Exactly. Exactly you know? right. And see I think another scriptural example that sort of bears out the point that your te- a personal individual or personal testimony is not the gospel. Jesus in Mark chapter one verses 14 and 15, he was preaching the gospel before there was a personal testimony from anyone.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He hadn't done anything yet. Right. Christ hadn't done anything yet for for anyone to testify about.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And yet in Mark one, 14 and 15, It says, now after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of God. So it was already the gospel. Jesus was already preaching when there was no personal testimony for anybody to give about what the gospel had done. Absolutely. Verse 15, Jesus said, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Mm. So our personal testimony has nothing to do with shaping or forming or fleshing out the gospel or or even consisting of the gospel. Mm-hmm. The gospel is as I love your description of that verse. Can you say that one more time? What you say in your evangelism class?
0: I just tell people that you that, that 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 your personal testimony is not the power of God unto salvation. Right, it it is not. It it, it right. is not. It is the gospel that is the power of God unto salvation. Right, and, and and what your personal testimony should be, if it's if it's done correctly, it should it should bear fruit to the gospel's mm-hmm. impact in your life.
1: Right, beautiful. We I hope it that, does man. that. We hope it yeah. does that. It's like what John the Baptist says, right? We, I, I'm sorry, uh, John the Apostle. John said that we are to do works in keeping with repentance.
0: It's amen. You amen. see,
1: amen. um. So there's three things that I think are a danger to the church with respect to individual Christi- Christians not evangelizing more. Mm. Number one, uh, we have a, a a fearful ignorance of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Number two, the gospel is not being preached in the church. Mm-hmm. And then number three, I think the, the the church is trying too hard to be relevant uh, today, and they're getting away from the core, fundamental doctrines of scripture as it relates to what the gospel is
0: bro i i've got i've got to insert this here man because and again our time is is slipping but i want to hear you i want to hear you talk about this to to just some degree because i i, I believe our our current modern day ecclesiology is impacting what we're. this barna study is just showing you the impact of our modern day ecclesiology. And here's, right. here's, here's what I'm, here's what I mean, Daryl. What's happened is we've a negated the gospel in the pulpit. Uh, it's not being proclaimed. It's not. And and folks aren't getting fed by what the gospel is doing uh, in the lives of individual. I mean, we're just, we're walking because we, we've traded that for our personal purpose Mm -hmm. right our personal Mm -hmm. death the gospel our personal destiny and so Mm -hmm. so we're not we're not talking about gospel implications on our family gospel implications in our home gospel implications at work we're not talking about any of those things because everybody's trying to get their best life now right and as a as a result of of that what we're trying to draw people to so they're the people in the people in, in the cues are ill-equipped to even share or declare the gospel. They barely know what that is. Right. So the best that we can do in that instance then is make sure, and you just said it, that our churches are quote-unquote relevant. And so we pack the church with all of these programs and and all of this, all these, you know, great things for kids and these events and these carnivals and all of that so that people can feel like they want to invite someone not to Christ, but to church. Right. Oh man, and, go ahead. And so now, now I'm not, I'm not, I'm not equipped to invite you to Christ because I don't even know how to how to express right. the gospel. Man, brilliant but, point, verse. But, but I, but I can invite you to church. For you to come to my church because my church is cool, it's hip, it's relevant. Mm-hmm. You know, the very first song that we're gonna that we're gonna play is actually a secular song so that you don't feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. in the pew when you get mm-hmm. there. And mm-hmm. so a lot of churches are adopting that whole thought process. Mm-hmm. So that the first thing they hear is a secular song, and then they warm the warm the crowd up with a popcorn message from a pop-up pastor who has no <laughs> biblical training, <laughs> right? I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little bit amped about this, if you can't tell. Yeah. <laughs> right. They, they're getting a popcorn. Message, right? <laughs> they're getting a popcorn message by a pop up pastor who who really isn't equipped to feed anybody anything more than hot air. Okay, that's about that's about the extent of it. So the hope is that perhaps he'll get to something halfway sounding like the gospel and then really what people are converted to is another version of your best life now we're calling those people christians and then those are the people that are coming out on the barna study tamana i really haven't shared
1: anything with anybody man if we weren't recording already i'd say drop the mic (laughs) (laughs) but i need you to hold on to the mic for a few minutes
0: I Listen, just want to. Get, I want to
1: hear you. I want to hear you talk about that, bro. To your point, man. I want to. I want to read one more quote because I'm not a pres a Presbyterian, but I'm a reader of J. Gresham Machen. Mm-hmm. I have the utmost respect for this man's mind and the way mm-hmm. he uh, thought.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: D. G. Hart uh, wrote a book mm-hmm. called "Defending the Faith: J. Gresham Machen and the Crisis of Conservative Protestantism in Modern America," and. In that book, Hart says this about Machen, and I think as I read this verse, I think this is going to align uh, perfectly with what you just expressed. Hart says this, he says, For Machen, the moves by Protestants to modernize the faith and not the efforts of cultural modernists to move beyond Christianity comprise the greatest danger to Christianity. For by refashioning Christianity, Mainline Protestants hoped to maintain the church's role as cultural guardian. But in the process, Manchin believed, they had confused influence with faithfulness. In fact, he held that, the theological, inte- that theological integrity and cultural authority were inversely related. A theology eager for public influence invariably compr- compromised the Christian faith while a principled theology could at best benefit society indirectly,
2: mm.
1: Machen was a man who aligned exactly with what you're talking about. There, verge the church is so busy trying to be cultu- culturally relevant that we don't even know what the gospel is. We can't articulate it. And you know what I've always felt about when it comes to this matter of relevance: what makes the gospel relevant to every person on the planet is number one, we we are all we all bear the image of God. Mm. Number one. Number two, we're all going to die. Mm-hmm. Unless Christ returns, you're going to die. Right. That makes the gospel relevant to you. I don't care who you are mm. because the gospel is the only message that deals with who you will be, where you will be after death, yes. after you die. Death is a reality for all. When something's a reality for everyone, that makes mm. it relevant.
2: Absolutely. <laughs>
0: that
1: makes absolutely. it relevant right there.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Enough said on that. Absolutely. Man, I I, I don't know. If you, it'll be your call whether we pick this up next time because there's definitely a lot more to say. But, man, we're just absolutely out of time at this point to do it, man. And uh, we covered a lot of ground given given the subject matter. Any last
1: thoughts? Last thoughts, real quick quote from Spurgeon. Spurgeon said, we must school and train ourselves to deal personally with the unconverted. We must not excuse ourselves, but force ourselves to the irksome task until it becomes easy.
0: Amen. Amen. Oh, that's so powerful. So powerful. Great way to close a great show, man. Thanks again for joining us. Check in with us next week for another edition of Just Thinking.
1: Thank you for tuning in to Just Thinking, a podcast brought to you by The Bar Podcast
0: Network. You can find all of Just Thinking episodes at www.thebarpodcast.com. Tune in next week to another edition of Just Thinking, and remember, let's think.